Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence Podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Today I'm joined by Wayne Hall from Darlington College. Hi Wayne, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you very much. Good, thank you so much for joining me. It's not a problem, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Good, yeah, no, it's fab. Um, just really wanted to talk to those who are out there with, with the navigating the technology and the digital approach to the new academic year and um, I know you're involved heavily with lots of exciting things, so I thought it'd be great to have a chat. Um, so let's start maybe at the beginning. Let's do um, a bit of an intro. Why don't you give a little intro to yourself and um, just some of the things that you do or you've been doing before before this point? Yeah, thank you. Um, this is my 20th year in further education. Wow. Um, I was in engineering before that and then through lots of redundancies I ended up in, in teaching and I really haven't looked back since. Um, I've worked across four colleges in, in various roles. Um, I teach predominantly computing and mm -hmm. business courses and um, I've also been staff coach and quality manager in, in, a, in another college as well. Yeah. And my current role is the project manager for the EdTech Demonstrator Schools and Colleges out of Darlington College. So I'm working with um, 40, nearly 50 schools and colleges across North Yorkshire and Northeast to help them to get the grips with technology, virtual learning environments, uh, getting their students to actually engage. And um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that part of it. It's it's a, it's a new strand. It's a, it's a it's a new uh, a new area that, that that is new to me, really. Yeah, no, it sounds really exciting, and we'll get into some of that that's been going on. Um, because I think people would be really interested to hear about what you know an edtech demonstrator college really means, and and then how you're helping other people to to develop what they do, but also. Um, you know, it's, it'll be really useful to talk about what you've been doing. So how how was lockdown for you? Lockdown wasn't too bad, actually. I, I actually enjoyed the lockdown. Okay. There's, there's only me and my wife at home now. My, my, my three boys are all grown up and they've, all, they've got their own family, families and the like. So, so they, they, they um, uh, weren't involved in the house. So I do feel for those parents that have still got young children at home and they've had to homeschool yeah. them. You know, I can't imagine what torture that must have been for for that period. Although I have got three grandchildren, so I can I can sort of see what was going on, and that did me make me chuckle a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, lock, lockdown went really well actually. Mm. Um, as a as a college, we were already quite well prepared for yeah. remote learning and and uh, teaching uh, remotely. We've been delivering a number of apprenticeships for the last three years or so remotely really? um, we so we, we knew the tools to use we knew the techniques to use so we were able to very quickly transition those tools and techniques into the other areas that were less familiar and yeah. then it, it took probably about a week just to 
uh, run some drop-in sessions for, for staff who were a little bit unsure. And then once those sessions were over, everybody was away and running. And, and even those people that previously you'd think, oh, she's going to struggle with this or he's going to struggle with that, they're being absolutely fine. It, it, yeah. And, and we, we saw the same actually as a team. Um, you know, it was all hands to deck. We'd been developing sort of use of technology across all curriculum areas for quite some time. But as a team, you know, there were people we, we were, you know, a little bit anxious about. And, but we found actually that those people were so open to trying new things. And yes, we had to, you know, our, our philosophy was find the people that need the support, find the people who are a bit worried. Um, and and you know let's let, let's get all hands out and support out there to them so yeah it was it was phenomenal as a sector wasn't it to watch to watch what happened and try to even though when we were in the depths of it try to keep your head sort of looking out and your ears looking out or listening out for what you know how other people were doing and what what we could all share between us that was fascinating um so yeah it's really good to know that you um you you found that quite easy because not everybody did no no and i wouldn't say it went easy across the whole of the college some, no. some, some areas did did struggle a little bit more but i think some of that was down to lack of access to a digital infrastructure for some students and some staff you know we, we have yeah. one member for instance who lives over in the dales and they mm -hmm. are having difficulty getting a, a good wi-fi connection you know, a, a good a good signal on the phone or a, a, a very poor Wi-Fi across the house. So they actually have to go up on top of a hill to get a good signal. Or they I have know to what that's like. My house, yeah, my house is terrible for phone signal. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, if, if uh, getting people in, I know people talked about, I need to be in this room or I need to be yeah. <laughs> on a hill. That's quite funny. It is, yeah. And then, and then, of course, we had students who maybe only had one device at home or they had a device that didn't work very well. Or, again, they didn't have um, uh, a good internet access. Mm. We, we were quite lucky in that we had, at that time, um, approaching 500 Chromebooks that okay. we were able to pull in from, from across the college, yeah. give them the wipe down with antiseptic wipes, and then... Mm -hmm dish those out to, to students who didn't have the technology at home. Yeah. And I, th I think now we're, we're almost up to 800 Chromebooks. We've bought 300 or so more Chromebooks to yeah. distribute the staff and students across, across the whole of the college. So I think that helped some of, to alleviate some yeah. of the issues. Yeah, um, definitely. And having that infrastructure there. Yeah. What did you, um, what were you most surprised about in lockdown and, and teaching and learning? I think two things. What one, what one a positive is that how well people took to it. Yeah. And once they got over the initial shock and, and the shock of the new, how quickly it became the new normal. And, and I know we, we, we hear that a lot now, don't we, about the new normal. Yeah. But it did surprise me how quickly staff got used to that. Yeah. But then on the other side, it was amazing to see, or shocking to see, shall I say, how some students really, really struggle with digital literacy. Yeah. They, they can all get on Facebook and they all mm -hmm. use Instagram and Twitter and, and all of those social sites. So they could consume it, but they really, really struggle to produce some uh, digital content sometimes. Mm -hmm. So even though they were able to do things in class with 
some support once they are away from the class especially for our lower level students they some of them struggle so what we're doing this year is we're really focusing on digital literacy and digital skills mm -hmm. for staff and students mm -hmm. it wasn't a big problem but it was it was a problem it was an evident problem it, it was something that that you could see there that there was a, a definite cohort of students that weren't as comfortable using technology as we expected them to be yeah and i think i observed that as well in that i suppose it was it was that thing that we always predicted which is that you know students very good at social media type technology but not in popular technology or pop culture type technology but not necessarily learning technologies and um it is it's nice to sort of see that now you know there is there's been that massive leap that massive sort of there is a massive opportunity that people have had to take um to figure out how we all upscale and we were having a conversation weren't we just before we um press record about how how much you know i'm i'm quite good with technology but how i'm learning new stuff every day um at the minute especially around social media actually but you know i'm the person that quite likes to just have a go try something not worry too much if it doesn't work out and i think that allows us the opportunity this year especially for teaching and learning to go at it with a very inquisitive attitude and if we can and where we can approach everything in an investigatory way yeah. so that we can just have a go and you know hopefully leaders in colleges will create the cultures where people are supported to have a go at stuff try new things and not you know be punished uh -huh. if, if it doesn't quite work out because as long as we're rapidly reviewing what's working what's not working um not formally you know informally reflect in a reflective way then we're going to get the most benefits from that learning and and doing it together is my opinion anyway yeah i, I think that, that's that's very right and, and you do have to think about or plan for things to fail yeah um, and if you go in with an expectation that it's not going to work as i expect it to then you're not going to be let down in a way but so long as you're expecting it to work on the other hand that, that'll be great so it, it, it is that yeah. balance and one of the things that when i was delivering training to, to staff was be prepared to fail and uh -huh. if it does fail take it you know don't be worried about it yeah. you know, everybody fails it, it's getting back up and trying it again yeah. and that helped a lot of staff yeah. because it lowered the expectation a little bit we're not expecting sessions to be perfect we're not expecting sessions to go run wonderfully well we're not expecting sessions to go as they would do if we were observing you in a in a, in a classroom environment yeah. it is very very different so the expectations have got to be different and i remember very early on in lockdown listening to a, another podcast and the presenter on there said that the, the biggest thing that we need now is that relief that 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 um that grace to to make mistakes yeah and and i think that was something that we, we did have you know we, we had a lot of mistakes at the beginning yeah which you can expect because it's all new but very quickly we reflected on those and we and it got better yeah. and it, it's it's about perseverance as well and, and learning from those mistakes so yeah. I, you know, I always say you know, you've, you've um, one of the things that somebody in in uh, when I first started teaching, my mentor said to me 20 years ago or so that 
you haven't got to take this seriously because if you take this job seriously, it will drive you into the grave. But you do have to take it professionally. Oh, I like and that. I, and I think that's the difference. If you take it professionally and you make a mistake, then you'll look at it professionally and you'll review what you did and how it might have gone wrong. And then the next time you try it, you'll try something different. But if you took it seriously, then you wouldn't try again. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the difference. It's about that professional approach to things rather than um, a serious, it's got to be done this way. Yeah. And the other thing is we, we taught our... Uh, staff to rely on the students a little bit more even though we've said that they aren't digital natives as we expect them to be a lot of them do have those that, that skills and that confidence to try and fail yeah. you, know, they're, they're, you see the people on TikTok and <laughs> they're not getting it right first time they're recording those things time and time and time again before they get it right before they put it on TikTok so the students are used to that iterative approach yeah, and that's something that I think staff can learn from as well you're not going to get it right first time it is something that you've got to work at and it's something that will come with practice and if you don't practice then you're not going to get better you know i, I do say that this t teaching it's a participation sport you can, you're not going to learn about teaching by reading it from a book likewise you can't learn about to be a good footballer by reading it from a book you've got to get out on the football pitch and yeah. it's the same with this you've got to engage in the tools you've got to engage with the students you've got to engage with the technology otherwise you will never ever be a good teacher you yeah. know you're never going to get get, get where you need to be and you'll always be frightened of trying new things yeah I love that way and it's really that's kind of my nature is to constantly grow try things and evolve um, and I know not everyone sort of you know um, has always been in that place but this this the pandemic has nudged us in that direction hasn't it you know we've had to because we've all had to say well, we don't really know what we're doing. And I've had quite a few conversations in the last week or two, which there is almost that, you know, we're going into this year, not quite knowing what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, but we're just going to give it our best shot. And, um, and then I had another conversation, which talked about, we talked about sort of pedagogy. If you have your pedagogy principles underneath it all and use this sort of reflective trialing approach then you're going to be in a good place to learn and accelerate your practice rather than worrying or trying to get it perfect or you know resisting not you know if you some people quite like a plan don't they and they like to know what they're doing and where they're going and it's quite it feels uncertain to not have a plan but you can just do the best you can at that time that's right. Yeah, you, you, you've, you've got to be flexible with that approach. Yeah. Kerry, um, one, one of our maths teachers, she, she always religiously follows a plan and anything that deviates from that plan will throw off a little bit. And, and she's definitely, prior to COVID, she was definitely one of those people that didn't really take the technology that well. But now she's a different person. You yeah. know, she, she takes the technology, she's using visualizers, she's, she's using a Chromebook to run lessons, she's got um, whiteboards and all sorts that she's sharing work, work with with her students. And she's totally transformed from what she was before. Yeah. You know, so, so she's like our poster girl, really. If you, if you know, there's your advert. You know, if, yeah. if, if you think you can't do it, you know, go, go and speak to Kelly because there's somebody else who thought that she couldn't do it, but now she can and she can and she can show you how to do it too. So yeah. this is about singing those successes as well and saying, this is what we've done and this is how we've, how we've achieved it. Yeah. And 
I think that's one thing that the college does do well. We, we do share quite well. And we know the people we go to when we, when we have a problem, when we have an issue. We know who's good at something. And they're willing to help and they're willing to, to, uh, to guide around those, those topics. So having that, that culture of support is, is absolutely necessary. And that was something that the college did quite well. During lockdown, we had lots of communication from um, our senior team. We, um, we started to have uh, regular um, question and answer sessions through Google Meet. And we'd have 100 odd people on, on the Google Meet and the principal would be telling us what the plans were and, and where we're going and what was happening. And we were able to ask questions. So, so that was nice. That built that confidence that, yeah, something is going to happen. And uh, these are the plans and we're being part of those plans. And we, everybody was able to contribute to them. So that fed, fed in well to, to the staff and helped their well-being too. Yeah, amazing. And, and I, I, if anyone asked me what worked the best in lockdown, it was, I made a conscious decision to share all the positive things that were happening, not focus too much on, on the, on the things that we were, we were thrashing out. So we made a very conscious effort across the whole of the college to share the things that were successes and, and thing, even the smallest of things, because everybody's celebration or success is different, isn't it? You know, depending on where their start point is, uh-huh. ultimately sharing those successes seemed to generate a more I, I call it like a snowball of positivity and it created it created that environment where people just once they got willing to share just even the smallest of things that were that worked well everybody else thought oh well maybe I could try that or maybe I could do that and like you say if you create a culture where people feel supported and they're not feeling like any minute now someone's going to try and catch them out they are more willing to, there's a different energy about what you do. And, and there's definitely sort of more progress made if you, if you create that supportive culture, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And, and I think part of that is the informal culture, the informal processes that go on behind that support all of that as well. So we had a lot of um, Facebook and um, Google chat and, and, and messages going between people. How do you do this? How do you do that? So we knew that all of those informal things were going on outside of the college that, we, that nobody had any control over. Mm-hmm. But going back to this thing about grace, it's about allowing that to happen because without that happening and trying to control and micromanage everything, that would have meant so many barriers were put in place for staff. But removing those barriers and allowing that free flow enable problems to be solved that much quicker because you you, you got that um, a whole host of solutions coming into individual problems rather than having to go through a a procedure and you've you've just sort of pushed my buttons enough for me to get a bit sort of really you know really passionate about something that I I rant on about at times but you know we we had the same we saw lots of informal um i've always seen the power of informal support development relationships but what you often get across the country is people trying to measure 
that informal support and, and look well what's the impact of what you're doing and actually that's the stuff where you've got to have the faith like I say the grace I love that word and you know not many people use that word when when we're talking about support and development but I love that because you've got to have the faith and allow the grace to to just be part of the whole and allow people to foster that confidence, play around with things, try things. I mean, obviously there's always the bit, the element of monitoring and measuring what's going on because at any one time, and obviously the word measure and monitor means different things in different places, but you know, it doesn't have to mean anything too horrible. It can mean, still mean something that's really supportive. Um, but it's about, you know, finding the ways to just constantly temperature check what's going on, the quality of learning, the quality of student experience, and not be measuring everything to the nth degree to the point where people feel like they're having to justify the jobs. Uh-huh. You know, I get quite passionate about that, as you can tell. So I won't, <laughs> I won't um, ramp too much about it. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think sometimes it's enough just to evidence that it happened. Yeah. Not and not try to quantify it. But yeah. it did happen and, and we've got evidence to show that it happened. Yeah. Um, but then once you start measuring the impact, that, that's when things start to uh, to fall apart and once that formality gets into place, then people expect rules and regulations and, yeah. and that create uh, that, that stifles all that creativity. Yeah, it does. And I'm, I'm quite excited for some of the work that I'm doing this year, which is about promoting innovative thinking and creativity because it's intrinsically linked to culture. And those who listen to the podcast quite often will know that um, culture is kind of my fascination, if you like, and leadership and, and how that big web of stuff you know, directly impacts on staff well-being and how people feel about their work and whether they feel joyful in their work or whether it's the opposite, which is about scrutiny and about checking up on and, you know, measuring everything that you could possibly measure. And it just sucks the joy out of what we do. Mm-hmm. But just because you don't measure doesn't mean you can't have impact. And that's the bit I think people feel... Um, some some sort of contradictory standpoint on at times but part of my mission I suppose this year is about showing people how supportive developmental innovative creative cultures exist and also improve productivity and performance because the research is out there to show that it does happen um so yeah so that's part of what I'm I suppose I'm on with at the minute um but yes yeah, so I love some of that so what what's going on differently this year Wayne what have you learned what are you taking out of what was lockdown and into the new academic year we're moving a lot more of our sessions on online now which to, to be honest I actually enjoy teaching the online um, sessions and, and as I mentioned earlier we, we, we do have a lot of experience with that so I've been teaching online well before COVID arrived. Yeah. And so, so I was already using a lot of tools and techniques that we were able to disseminate. But what we've seen is, well, what I've seen is the explosion of new ways of doing things, which have been forced by lockdown and forced by, by COVID. Uh, so th- things like the use of Zoom is, is a lot more now and, and um, 
uh, the, the breakout rooms that are coming in Google Meet and, and in Microsoft Teams and, and all of those tools that have been there in other areas or you've had to use an add-on to get the strength out of them. Yeah. They're now being packaged and they're now becoming all part of that whole. So it's nice to see that things are now becoming more streamlined and more user-friendly. Whereas previously, you would have had to have hunted around for that tool that did that specific job that you wanted it to do. And that's, that's been nice to see because it, it saves time and it saves explaining it to other members of staff and the like. But then also the other side that we're looking at, or I'm looking at, uh, along with a, a colleague, is, is how to make assessment valid um, online as well. So we're not going to always be there to look over a student's shoulder to assess where they're going wrong or, or uh, give advice. We're not going to be able to um, spend as long talking with students and, and um and having as much face-to-face -face contact with them. So we're looking at ways of how we can streamline assessment to spend less time marking and more time assisting and more time skill building and, and more time building knowledge rather than us spending more time marking. So um, we, we started to use a tool last year and the year before called Peer Grade. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I haven't, I haven't heard of Peer Grade actually. Well, students submit a piece of work. So supposing you've got 10 students in your class, all 10 students submit a piece of work. Their work is then randomly assigned to uh, three other members of that class. Yeah. So they all mark each other's work. Okay. So all you need to do is create a rubric for them to, to mark against. Yeah. So it's got like, have they included X, Y, and Z? But yeah. then also, what did they do well and what could they improve on? Ah. So that means that you don't spend as long marking. Yeah. So it, this works brilliantly for things like BTEC courses and OCR courses, because inevitably when a student first hands in their first draft of work, it, it does need to go back and there's a bit of work to be done again. Uh, and that saves all of that because they're peer assessing, but yeah. also be, through the peer assessment process, they're building their own skills too. So they can see where their colleagues have gone wrong, where, where their peers have gone wrong or where they've, done well mm -hmm. and then they can take that and put it in their own work so that's I mean, saving a lot of time uh, yeah. that, that's actually moved on to a, a new platform called eduflow okay uh, so if you search for peer grade it'll take you to eduflow and that allows you to build up a whole course now so oh. that's something that we're developing now so that we're spending more time uh, the classroom a little bit so that they're watching videos they are reading um, resources mm -hmm. and then using eduflow they're allowed it, it, it tracks their, their learning and then we can spend more time building it and i know there's advocates and and uh, those who argue against flipping the classroom and it doesn't work for all but for the ones that it does work for it allows you that freedom of time to work on those that it doesn't yeah. Uh, and that's where where we're using it's about moving your time we're not going to get any more time so it's about moving that time from those who don't need it to those that do yeah and uh, I, I wouldn't I like say that. yeah i, I like yeah. um because ultimately that example highlights the importance of the pedagogy underneath it which then allows you to look at what tools will support with both effective learning but then efficiency from a teaching perspective, from a workload perspective. So we know, you know, formative assessment, peer assessment, 
is is powerful um, because it includes reflection it includes um sort of self uh, reflection against criteria or you know the things that are, are, are done well or not done well which students can then apply but ultimately then the tool the technology can help you to do that and at the same time as addressing the pedagogy it's helping with time efficiencies for staff because like you say you, we can't create more time we just have to deal with the time that we've got and do things well that's right yeah. and at the end of a session i ran yesterday with all with a group of students um just as a little wrap up i said can you think of any new skills outside of what we've studied today that, you, that you've developed you by being taught this way or you're learning this way and they'll drop these comments into the into the chat area yeah. of um uh, google um google meet and between them they all came up with the five c's so they were talking about communication and collaboration and creativity and that was what they came up with you know without any guidance without any thought about it you know we'd been we'd been studying um cloud platforms so um you know microsoft and azure and, and uh, google so we've been talking about compute cloud computing platforms yeah. but they realized that they'd also developed these communication skills as well by putting by working in teams and the collaboration yeah. skills by work by building up a, a resource together yeah. and that was really good to see that they came out with those skills without yeah. any, any real That's guidance amazing. just totally amazing because it's you know when we plan teaching and learning and we think about you know using some creativity and promoting student independence and creating situations environments where they feel confident and supported to work in groups and do different things it means that they do they fully realize and recognize that those other skills that they develop and we don't have to spoon feed them um, you know in terms of hoping that they'll tell us that it's just really nice when we create those environments where the students realize all of those other things as well and um, so i love that um, so let's talk a little bit about um, the DFE EdTech demonstrator work that you do. So how long have you been doing that for as a college? That started around about April time officially. It started slightly beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but really it started uh, around about March, April time. Mm -hmm. um, but we actually applied to be part of it around about this time last year. Okay. So initially the plan was that we would go out to schools and colleges and we would deliver staff training and work with their pupils and, and their parents and, and upskill everybody on uh, digital platforms mm -hmm. and uh, just general ed tech and that was the original plan and that's what originally what we were funded for but then when covid came around that all got flipped on its head so we weren't allowed to go and visit schools and we weren't allowed to uh, deliver to to um, staff and students mm -hmm. so everything has been done so that's been interesting in that we're dealing with i think 40 odd schools now 45 46 schools i think i'm, I'm up to in the northeast of north yorkshire yeah and we are helping schools to either take their first steps towards a vle a virtual learning environment mm -hmm. or take the one that they're already using and help them to improve how they're using it yeah. so some might already be on teams some might already be on google some might already be on um 
uh, Seesaw or Purple Mash or any of the other ones that the, the, the primaries are using. Mm -hmm. And it's about then leveraging the, the best out of those those mm -hmm. those tools. And I would say it's been a, it's been a, a, a good learning curve for me because we're a Google Reference College and for six, the past six years, seven years coming up or so, I've been totally immersed in Google, but now I've had to lift my head up and I've done my Microsoft trainer packages. So I'm a qualified Microsoft trainer now, which uh, up until the holidays I wasn't. But now I'm so much more able to look at a school that is Microsoft and say, well, can you do this? Can, can you have a look at how, how you would maybe use this in your sessions? Or um, a school that, that used Jigsaw or Pur 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 FC saw or Purple Mash um well have you thought about doing it this way and um, have you thought about instead of doing that have, have you thought about using a website to get work out to to, to um to students or mm -hmm. you know we're working with some schools who the students have never had email addresses so yeah. we're having to guide them through that process wow. so we're working with some schools that have got uh, iPads and that's all they've got is iPads and no computers. Now I know that that's one of the issues with one of our feeder secondaries is that their feeder infant and junior school, mm -hmm. their students all use iPads but it means that they have no keyboard skills or mouse skills when they go up to secondary. <laughs> so they're then having to teach them those. Mm -hmm. So that's one, so it, it's a whole host of services that we're, we're offering around uh, educational technology, um online guidance around staff and students safeguarding and staff and student well-being it it's the full package and the good thing is it's all free yeah so, any school in england can can apply for it they just need to go to the london grid for learning edtech demonstrator website there's a there's a form for them to fill in yeah. and then depending upon where they are in the country and which platform they're looking at will determine which school or college they get that's um, uh, tied up with. Having said that, some schools are coming in and they're saying, we would like to work with. So that, that, that's good to build those bonds as well. And then going forward, once the school gets fairly comfortable with using the technology, we're then pairing them up with other schools so that they can then collaboratively build and share knowledge between them so there's three schools in Darlington for instance that are all on the same platform so they're working together now and they're all at a very early stage but what they're doing is they're helping to leapfrog each other so they said oh don't do that do this yeah helping all of the time so that's working well across those three schools and hopefully that's how it will end in well yeah. the, the, the um uh, the support is due to end the end of next March so it's one financial year yeah. rather than an academic year which is a bit bizarre so it's one financial year and so at the end of March um, next year uh, the, um, the the funding might stop we don't know we're hoping it'll be extended yeah. and but by creating those communities of practice they'd be able to support each other in, in those areas mm -hmm. but then having said that we'd still be there we're not going to disappear and if somebody's came to us and said can Darlington College help in some way yeah. We're not going to say no. We, <laughs> yeah. we we will still still help. So, in that respect, it, it's been really, really, really enjoyable. And I'm I'm talking with uh, principals of colleges and, and heads of schools from from all over the place. And the the drive and enthusiasm that they're coming with, yeah. 
sometimes they don't know what they don't know and they don't know the questions to ask totally that's where that's on that's all about coaching them then yeah. and helping them to to realize where their base is and then what their next step is yeah so that's very important and once we've sorted out what their next step is then we can put things in place so maybe you need some specialist training on x or maybe you need to to go away and, and look at this resource from from somewhere else yeah amazing tied to that sorry tied no it's all right there's the, um there's also the vle platform um project as well so schools and colleges can get i think it's two thousand pounds worth of support okay. to get either google classroom or microsoft teams as uh, as a virtual learning platform if they don't already have one yeah and that involves again you go into um uh, i think it's the um the link for school to their website follow a link from there and then they tie you up with a, a google partner or a microsoft partner and then they deliver that two thousand pounds worth of installation and training and yeah. then once they've had that then they come to us so there's the two there's the two um, projects that are going hand in hand together yeah. at the minute and what we'll do is wayne i'll get you to send me the links and then i'll put them in the podcast notes um uh -huh. or in the youtube video notes so people can find them quite easily now that you've mentioned them but yeah no i think it's really important i i, I really like that notion of you know as people get going that you then sort of put them in mini clusters to help each other um, because you're probably aware that you know at the minute that a lot of the work that I'm doing is around community building and network building and you know it is very doable online um, you have people that don't think it's as doable online and you don't get exactly the same experience as if you'd have done all that work in person but the the principles of building a community and that sort of ethics of of support and you know openness and helping each other can apply in any situation and as long as people go into that wanting to work together and be really truly collaborative there's some huge power in that um in that the momentum and the energy that you can create together like you said leapfrog each other because what what we've learned you can learn from as well and all of that is just the magic of of building those communities of practice isn't it it is yes and um, a, a little plug for us now we're, we're running a, an edtech festival on the 22nd and 23rd of october right where we're having um some space from uh Google, it, early days to plan it, but we're hoping from, from Google and Microsoft, oh. uh, we've got some vendors coming in from the different platforms mm -hmm. and we'll be delivering various CPD packages, uh, C CPD things that are around uh, setting up classrooms and setting up teams and, and yeah. uh, how to get how, um, best practice. And really? we, uh, uh, local university, Teesside University, they're also involved as well. So we're hoping to get all the way from nursery all the way up to HE. Uh, involved in this EdTech Festival on the 22nd and 23rd of October. Thank you so much, Wayne. And I will also get you to send me that link if you have a link yet. But if not, we can promote that as it gets closer. And we're always happy to promote that sense of sharing and, and collaborating around skill development. So thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Leave us a voice message in Anchor. Tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show. Tune in next week for more. Have an amazing week and be the best version of you.